0: Welcome back to the General Bowser Show, hosted by me, Tyler Newsom. As usual, we go, uh, we are gonna go over four topics, and after each topic, I tell you my opinion, and you tell me yours in the comments. Let's get into our first topic. Our first topic is a CBR article that says. Superman and Lois solves a Fortress of Solitude mystery and heals a major John Kent issue. The article is by Ronaldo Maddenden. Sorry if I didn't get that right. It says, Warning, the following contains spoilers for Superman and Lois Season 3 Episode 7 Forever and Always which debuted May 2nd on the CW. So make sure you watch this before uh, listening to this so you don't get spoilers for that episode. says, One of the most intriguing aspects of Season 3 of Superman Lois is the Fortress of Solitude. The first two seasons had it functioning well with Jor-El's artificial intelligence helping the Man of Steel. The hologram provided information on Earth and intelligence on enemies. It also provided tech to heal Kal-El and acted like a tr- uh, trump card in times of desperation. When it was destroyed by Tao Ro, Kal-El was able to rebuild it, this time Lorel, Laura L. was activated, giving Clark the relationship he always wanted with his mother. However, as Season 3 continues detailing Lewis's battle with cancer, many wondered about the usage of the Fortress. Fans have now gotten the full insight into it as a tool for this tragic situation, and it leads to John Kent overcoming a major mental hurdle. I don't know what that would be. Uh, Superman and Lois' Fortress of Solitude is actually dangerous? John lashes out at his parents for keeping secrets about the severity of Lois's condition. Even Jordan puts aside his superboy training shocked that they lied the brothers end up at the fortress arguing with their grandmother about not treating Lo- uh, uh, not <laughs> about not treating Lois Clark arrives to admo- uh, admonish them about being selfish because they're all enduring the same pain. It's even worse knowing they have to work with Bruce Manheim Bruno Manheim at his Hobbs Bay Cancer Clinic. Clark confesses that they considered treating Lois at the Fortress, but Lois didn't want to attempt anything risky. She replied on nature to take relied on nature to take its course, accepting her morality. It's something Clark struggled with as well. But the real reason the options off the table as Laura L emits is that emits is they can't predict the effects of the treatment because their tech is designed for kryptonian bodies the energy could kill lois it's why laurel can burn kryptonian out of kryptonite out of Clark and work on Jordan as a Superboy. But she can't or shouldn't mess with humans. Superman and Lois John Kent Heals from the Truth. It's something the comics, cartoons, and other shows touched on in the past. Clark always felt it was unethical to cheat death like this. But on this show, he has a family making him more willing to try anything as such many wondered if he's bent the more if he'd bent the moral compass and admittedly he did com- contem contemplate it but he just wants to do the right thing it takes john A while to adjust. To his. Philosophy. However. Understanding the emotions. Are getting. The better of him. The Kints can tell. He's processing grief. And rage right now. He's always felt helpless. As a non-Kryptonian. Ironic given. His. He's the. Superboy taking up the mantle in the comics. In this case, the Agus builds so much that he can eve he even insults Laurel for treating him and Lois like Black Sheep. Clark eventually works through the problem with John who apologizes and accepts the fortress isn't a toy. He has hope for more, once more, which uggers, urges Will as many would like to see him using Lorell's exper- expertise as John trains to be a firefighter. He's a tech prodigy too, so the fortress could help him improve tools in the field and build more weapons with steel and that to keep saving the world. But for now, the teen is still very much heartbreakingly distracted by Lois's health giving him a very human-relatable arc of a son not wanting his mom to die. The, uh... That's the end of the article. So... I thought this episode was pretty good. Uh, episode 7. It was pretty good. Uh, I liked all the action. And... Maybe... Uh, John could use the Fortress of Solitude to, you know, help him. Because maybe we'll see that um in, like, the future where it, it just, the whole town is, like, uh, have Kryptonian tech all over. That way their town is basically unstoppable. That'd be uh, quite a adventure, quite a story to tell and all that. So, uh, And all the, you know, of the cancer storyline, it's okay. It's just, you know, eh, it's kind of decent. Don't like it that much, but, you know, eh. Hopefully, uh, them bringing in Lex Luthor will, you know, spike up the story a little bit. But, uh, you tell me what you think in the comments, and we will go on to the... Next uh, topic, our second topic is another CBR article that says Grant Gustin is open to any future pitches for The Flash. Grant Gustin's run as Barry Allen may be coming to an end with the approaching finale of the CW's The Flash. But the actor is open to returning to be to the role of the Scarlet Speedster in the future. Grant Gustin uh, says, quote, I can't wrap my head around it right now, obviously. Gustin told US Weekly, but if someone called me today or tomorrow and was like, hey, we have This awesome, this amazing flash idea. Obviously, it's like I'm going, I'm gonna take that phone call and listen to that idea. And I think this is a character that I'm going to, no matter if I play it again or not, I'll probably be associated with this character more than anything else in my career for the rest of my life so I'll always listen to any flash pitch though the actor assured that he has not received any of these phone calls he would for sure be open to wearing the Flash's golden boots again I mean it's very very close to my heart He says, I think it's all it always will be. He says, Okay, rumors of Gustin appearing in the Flash movie have been circling since 2021. In April 2022, many DC fans called for the actor to replace Ezra Miller in the film following Miller's string of controversies. A lot of controversies. Miller's run in with Gustin on the Flash series during 2020's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. Coupled with the new film's multiverse storyline, opened the door for Gustin to cross universes and potentially become... DC's big screen version of the fastest man on the Gustin's online fan casting eventually led to more rumors suggesting that he would indeed replace Miller. As the DC Universe's silver screen Barry Allen. Starting with a cameo in the upcoming movie. Upcoming film. Gustin denies Flash movie rumors. In April 2023, Gustin shot down any speculation of his involvement in the Flash movie. He says, quote, no. He responded when asked if he would appear in the uh, Andy um, Mazzetti-directed feature there's been a lot of rumors out there for a long time, and no one's come out directly and asked me ever. On the record, you know, people ask me t- on the street all the time, and yeah, I'm not keeping some big, se- big, elaborate secret. He says. While the Flash is gearing up for the first solo outing on the big screen, the CW is preparing to bid farewell to its near-decade-long take on the beloved DC character. The network recently released the official synopsis for A New World Part 4, Season 9's 13th And final episode, in The Flash's fast approaching finale, The Flash Grant Gustin, the fastest man alive, is tasked with his greatest challenge yet to save the timeline and save existence. The synopsis reads, friends old and new gather for an epic battle to save Central one last time. The series finale of The Flash airs Wednesday, May twenty fourth at eight p.m. on the CW. Just before DC Studios, The Flash hits theaters on June sixteenth. Hmm. I think that uh, it's good that he is uh, open to any, you know, uh, pitches for a new Flash series. I know I found a series on YouTube that was, like, about Impulse, but, you know, they already got, like, the casting for, you know, old. So, and maybe they'll do more, like, uh, Flash fan series in the future where they can put him uh, in the show. So, uh... If you want to pitch a flash show, uh apparently just because <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> um yeah, I think it would be nice to, you know, have him in other iterations of Barry Allen Flash shows. So tell me what you think in the comments. And to the next topic. Our third topic is a Screen Rant article. That says. How Doctor Who filming will continue. Writer's Strike. Despite involvement. The article is by Anna. Garen. Okay. Doctor Who filming is set to continue a month a uh, month the amidst the writers' guild of a WGA strike, despite the involvement with Disney in 2022 after stations about a possible disney deal with bbc the reporters were confirmed that season 14 the 60th anniversary special would air on disney plus both are set for release towards the end of 2023 and disney's streaming platform will release doctor who's 60th anniversary special and season 14 internationally well that's good despite the deal w- and the current strike by the wga doctor who season 14 and the spain you filming reported radio times.com according to the source <laughs> Doctor Who will remain unaffected because the Writers' Guild of Great Britain, W is currently on is currently on strike. The WGGB includes Doctor Who showrunner Reed Davis and other British writers. so production will go as planned. Will the WGA strike still end up harming Dr. Who? In the United States, the WGA strike has been officially underway. After months-long demand for fairer working conditions in Hollywood, that sucks for them, I guess, the union did not reach an agreement with the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television pro, uh, Produce. WGA writers cite unfair pay in TV show compensation, healthcare benefits, disputes over using artificial intelligence software, in script writing. The last WGA strike happened in 2007 when it lasted for 100 days. Uh, Throughout the strike, WGGB representatives expressed their solidarity with the American writers because cause but the WGGB or writers did not join picket lines in mass med- to expand on the strike internationally ever discouraged its members from working on productions for the duration okay Doctor Who season 14's continued production UGGB boundaries while much of its writing staff is Great Britain based BBC's Disney Plus deal means it is now a US co-production thus even though Doctor Who's Doctor Who is not WGA staffed it is possible that some WGGB could feel uncomfortable continuing to write for the program because of their recent uh, advice. Time will tell as the WG bike continues. And as of now, Doctor Who continues production. times.com Now, uh, what I think about this. Our fourth topic is a Screen Rant article that says, Phineas and Ferb Revival Series creator gets an exciting update. Okay. Dan Povenmire has given an exciting update on the Phineas and Ferb Revival Series. An animated Disney series that first premiered in August 2007. Phineas and Ferb has since become one of the studio's most successful series, winning three Primetime Emmy Awards in 2011 and 2012, while the series came to an end after Season 4 in 2015. It was announced in January that 40 new episodes New Phineas and Ferb episodes have been ordered with creators Povenmire and Jeff Swampy Marsh returning as a, executive producers. In the in a video to TikTok by Povenmire, the creator has confirmed that production on the Phineas and Ferb revival officially began on May 3rd. While Povenmire is Excited for the upcoming project, he also discusses his struggles producing It and Hamster and Gretel Season 2 at the same time, and assures that the WGA writer's strike won't have any effect on either show. see what Meyer said in the quotes, quotes and video below. So today, uh, he says, quote, so today is the first day of our new Phineas writer's room. And this morning, after months of very thoughtful conversations about how I can delegate and how I can schedule so that I can run both shows, Hamster and Greta, without it completely destroying me. My usually very reserved producer, Brady, texted me this, let's do this double show crazy, and then woohoo, yeah, let's do this, let's go, he says. "Uh, What to expect from the Phineas and Ferb revival show? While unconfirmed, the original voice actor for Phineas, Vincent Martella, has been teasing his return to the series since August 2022. Though neither Martella nor Pavenmeyer have revealed much about what the new series will hold, Disney has confirmed that the new Phineas and Ferb series Will run for at least forty episodes, spread over two seasons, with the possibility of further renewals. Which I guess forty episodes would be uh, twenty episodes a season. There has also been no word on whether or not Phineas and Ferb will stream on Disney Plus. Well, obviously, I, I thought I seen that it would stream on Disney Plus. Probably a rumor. Responding to a viewer comment on the video, Pavin Meyer has teased that the new Phineas and Ferb series will have some episodes set in different time periods, including the characters' teenage years with the 2015 season 4 finale following Phineas and Ferb on their final day of summer vacation. It's unclear what the pilot of the new se- season's will be, and if they'll differ significantly from the classic Phineas and Ferb episodes. However, Pavenmeyer bait, uh, hit hinted in January that Perry the Platypus, Platypus and Dr. Doofensmirtz will be returning to the series as well. Uh, though it has been eight years since Phineas and Ferb came to an end, bringing back Povenmire and Marsh to the project is a positive sign while Povenmire has said that the writers room is new, keeping the creators closely involved as executive producers will no doubt ensure that the soul of the series won't change even after nearly a decade although there is no word on when the new episodes of Phineas and Ferb will be released the writers not being affected by the WGA strike should ensure their arrival within a couple of years oh that's good um i'm actually excited i'm actually excited for the series like I watched Phineas and Ferb when it first started and it was great. I wonder if the series is going to do like where Phineas and Ferb are, you know, older and, you know, they have kids and their kids, you know, are inventors too. And that would be great. And then they help them out with, you know, inventions and stuff. They would have to, you know, in the future, be, like, you know, engineers. Like, have their future uh, grown-up adult selves be, like, engineers and stuff. (laughs) Because... because they definitely build a lot. I mean, yeah, I can't wait for this series to come back because Harry and Dr. DeSmeritt's battles and stuff like that, that was good. I wonder if they'll do, like, a crossover a crossover with, you know, Hamster and Gretel or, you know, others, other of Havanmeyer's series, Havanmeyer and Flumpy series. Yeah, tell me what you think in the comments, and thank you for watching this podcast uh, episode. Um, hope you enjoyed it, and make sure you like and subscribe and share with your friends if you're on YouTube and follow me if you are on Spotify or all the audio versions. Peace out.